we're here on this earth plane to feel love, to feel like we've got a voice that we've been heard and to connect with people and do our thing. And whether that is you are a magnificent gardener and you can graft plants that from seed, grow plants, give them to people so they have their food, or whether you're a, the most amazing violinist that people can listen and get carried away with your music. Whatever it is that you've chosen that you have to do, it is always to make a difference. It is always to have your purpose, make you feel good with. And once we can harness that and understand who we are at that time, because obviously it changes as we go through, and feel comfortable in that and remove all the if, buts and what's. Life just gets so much simpler and so much better and so much more freer. And there's nothing nicer than being who you are, feeling proud and looking in the mirror and thinking, well, I'm a really good person, you know? It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humble and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Again. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host. And today I'm going to invite you to consider where the magic might be in your lives, in the world around you, in your experiences, in the people, animals, and things that you love, in the places that feel extra special, and most importantly, within yourself. I like this quote by Jim Butcher, which says, magic comes from what is inside you. It is a part of you. You can't weave together a spell that you don't believe in. Many of us have experiences in our lives that offer the question of transformation. But with transformation comes many more questions like, can I do it? Is it possible? What is the path? Is it in me? And do I have the power? Ultimately, do I believe? Do I believe what I cannot see? We often can't see the how of a new journey or a new decision, but we experience a knowing to take a new turn, to create a shift, to make a change, to find something more aligned or more meaningful or sometimes more safe. But whether we believe in the truth of those internal messages and that our new choices will be supported, the part we cannot see, is where I believe the unlocked magic lies, the magic of possibilities. And sometimes, if we're open, there's even more to connect with there, more magic to guide us, and eventually to possibly guide others. 
My guest today is Jade Whaley, a spiritual coach, psychic channel, and educator based in New Zealand. Her personal and spiritual journey is sprinkled with tribulation, transformation, and lots of magic. Jade helps people reclaim their power and passion and trust their intuition through her services, workshops, courses, and online community. And in mid-22, she plans to launch her Soulful Intuition Academy, where she'll offer online courses, workshops, and circles. She saw her first spirit friend at just four years old, and at seven years old, a significant car accident was the first time she left her body and connected with family members in the spirit realm. She has trained in many modalities, including life coaching, theta healing, psychic development, past life regression, crystal healing, small business management, and tarot reading. And I learned in a previous conversation that she also reads auras, which I may have her do for me today on the show. I can't wait for her to share her story and purpose with you. So let's get started. Welcome, Jade. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. You've had such an interesting journey and you do so much in this space that it's things that I haven't even heard of. Like I'm not exactly sure what theta healing is, for example, or I'm curious about how all of it works too, but I do want to start at the beginning of your journey because I think that experience in your childhood really influences a lot of the things you do now, if not everything. (laughs) Do you mind starting there and just sharing with us what growing up was like for you? Absolutely. I always call myself a love child, but I am adopted and my birth mother fell in love but wasn't in a position where she was able, when she found out she was pregnant, to have a child. So back then it was not ideal to be an unmarried mother, so giving up your child for adoption was the best thing to do. So I was placed with a family that was a completely different vibration from me. Now, as a child, I was always very different from them, just in the way I spoke, not just what I looked like, but my mannerisms, my behaviour, and everything like that. I was an incredibly talkative child. I could read before I went to school, and I just loved people, even when I was just a wee toddler. The home that I was brought up in wasn't a healthy home and it was full of a lot of abuse. But as a child, you don't know any different and you just do what you need to do. I was about four when I first noticed my spirit friend that used to come into the room. And she was a young girl. She was older than me at that stage. And she used to sit in my bed and I just felt comforted with her I couldn't always fully see her full body, but it was mostly her head, her face, her arms. I could feel the energy of it. She used to stroke my head or stroke the in-between my eyebrows when things weren't always ideal at home, and it just made me feel safe and comforted. I was a child. I had a very active, vivid imagination. I was always being told off playing with imaginary friends or making up stories, but that was a lot to do with just being at a place where I needed to feel safe, I needed to feel balanced. I didn't think anything of my imaginary friend. I still remember even when I was at kindergarten talking about friends that we had that people couldn't always see, but everything was just brushed off. It wasn't really mentioned as much. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how could you tell, I feel like children don't really question their realities quite as much as adults do, but How could you tell the difference at that time that this was not just something you created, but was really a young girl spending time with you? I know the touch is like a very good clue, which I'm curious about too. But yeah, what was that like for you? It's because of the different energies, because of the different vibration. Like in my mind, 
Uh, I didn't know anything about ghosts or spirits or words like that because I was in a family that would not talk about anything like that. Life was, when you die, you die. You don't talk about death. You don't talk about anything like that. It was too upsetting. But I just knew this energy was different. I was always being told, you know, oh, you've got an active imagination. You've got that. And it's like, well, I'm not imagining things that was real. But I didn't fully comprehend that it wasn't a human being. (laughs) Just that it was a different entity. And I just felt good. Like, I could tell when she was around, I could just feel it. I could feel the room vibrate with it. And I'd get you know, that excitement, that nervous excitement. And I was like, oh. And I looked forward to it. I would take myself off to bed at 6 o'clock just to better be in the space. And I used to like to read my books out loud or make up stories and we'd sing songs and just all sorts of things. It was like my one real special little energy around that I felt safe. I felt happy and it was just lovely. Wow. Thank you for explaining it that way, because I think it could maybe be different for individuals too and how they experience things. But the way you described it really helps me kind of wrap my head around what the experience really is like. And I resonate with vibrations. So that makes sense to me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you're four years old, you're hanging out with your friend. (laughs) And then what happens from there on? Oh, and you also got to remember, you know, I was born in 1969, a very long time ago. So back in the 70s and, and even in the 80s, we didn't understand or know or comprehend what we know now about a lot, a lot of that. When I was seven, I was actually in a very bad car accident. Now, this was back in the day when you didn't have to wear seatbelts or anything like that. And my family that brought me up, we were very poor, so I just didn't have a car or anything like that. And I still remember everything as clear as yesterday. We had my aunties and uncles and cousins were visiting, and all the parents were actually going to go off to housey. I think you might call it bingo. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they had thought that all of us kids could all go to one of the local swimming pools. Now, I was so excited because being brought up in a family where there was no money, you didn't go to a swimming pool, you know. This was, oh, couldn't wait. So we were all squashed into my uncle's car and, you know, I think there was about five or six of us kids in the back seat. You know, um, my brother was sitting on my nana's knee and all sorts of things and his three in the front. And it was during the day on a Saturday afternoon and we were driving down a one-way street and I remember seeing this car coming towards us and thinking, what is that? We're on a one-way street, why is it coming? So we got hit head-on by a drunk driver. Now, I didn't have a seatbelt on because you didn't even have them in the back of cars or anything like that then and got knocked out and then we got hit from behind from a car and I fell out of the car and cut my head open so I have a scar that's from the very top of my head that goes right down and a lot of people were hurt now I when that happened I actually left my body and I was up above and I could lock down I could see the car, I could see my mother had gone through the windscreen, so I saw all of that not-so-nice-looking thing. My nan had broken her nose and there was lots of blood, and I could see all of this. I could see people coming out, 
trying to help the man that had driven into us ended up being a drunk driver and he didn't have a seatbelt on so he got all smashed up with blood and everything I saw the ambulances come I saw the police I could hear the conversations and lots of different things like that I remember waking up in the ambulance and yelling out because I couldn't see because I had blood all over my face and then I went back in and I remember coming up out of the ambulance and I could see it going into hospital. I woke briefly and they were prepping me because I had to be all stitched up and she said to me, <laughs> I still remember this, it's crazy, it's all right love you're going to theatre. Now I was seven, obviously confused and I actually said what movie are we going to see? <laughs> and I know that sounds funny. I remember that. I remember her smiling at me. And then when I woke up, there was a woman there that I hadn't seen. And she said to me that she was my great-grandmother. Now, I knew I had a great-grandmother that had died when I was about three. But I did not know her or anything like that. And she's the one that said to me, the theatre they're talking about, you're just going to have a little operation and you're going to be fine. And, and it was this like having a normal conversation with the person. When I did wake up, it was actually the next day, and of course, you know, I had all the bandages and But that was when I had met what was not my grandmother, my great-grandmother. I was in hospital, I think it was only about 10 days, and then I remember when we come out, of course, we come home, you know, we didn't have a car, so I remember the hospital had arranged for someone to drop us off home and going home. And I mentioned to my family about this great-grandmother, and she said, you don't know what you're talking about, you know. It's still in your head, making up stories and things like that. But it was around that time now, I could really feel the sense of my grandmother there. Now, I remember when I went to school, of course I got teased, because I had long hair down to my waist, and they'd had to shave half my hair off. Because it was all stitched up. And I used to wear a headscarf, because it was a bit, you know, can't be scaring people or anything like that. And... I had the most wonderful teacher. His name was Mr. Walsh. I remember him really well. And a couple of the kids, you know, had been teasing me and he told them off because back then you could. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he said to me, and he, he was like, you know, well, you're not allowed to run around, not allowed to do these things because I still had, you know, stitches and, and different things on my head. And he said, you know, when you just go to the library? So that's when I used to take myself off to the library where it's nice and quiet and I didn't feel so conscious of everyone staring at me and I love my reading and that is where I met my library spirit her name was Maria and she was an older woman I still remember she had like a pleated dress on so it had the pleats and the skirt thing and the top it's funny isn't it mm-hmm. but she was just never spoke to me but it was just always there And she was a spirit as well, so it had activated something from my car accident to be able to see not just my friend in my room, you know, but to see other things around. Wow. So I have two questions from that. I'll see if I remember them both. But the first one is, like, when you see a spirit, does it look just like we do? Meaning, is there a glow or is there a different image that's reflecting a human form or is it kind of the same for you? Well nowadays it's completely different for the fact that I have developed my mediumship skills I know I've learned to see and having that but it Mm. does come through in different ways. Now when I was about 26 my spirit started to come through really really strong and it was like I was talking to an actual person 
The only difference being is that they had a slightly different colour glow to them. That's mm. what it was like. So I could see a crowd of people. I could see the spiritual energy around them. You know, especially at the supermarket, I used to like checking it out. They'd be like, oh, she's got two little girls, you know, and I was knew that she'd lost, you know, two people lost their babies. And I'd be like, oh, that's her. That's someone's husband having that. And I could see them with them, just hanging wow. out with a beautiful body. Occasionally, now when you get a spirit impression, you, you don't always get that full body one. Sometimes it's just partial. You might get their head or they might want to show their hands because they've got certain tattoos that they want to show off so you know that it's them or different things like that. But, yeah, mm. it's beautiful. So it's very different now. You know, I understand that and I just accept that. And I can control that. I can turn it on. I can turn it off. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And when you say within the realm of how you control it now, is that including how you decide to experience a spirit? Yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am also a funeral celebrant. Right. So I have to be able to control the energy of what I'm doing from that aspect as well. If not, it's, it'll be too overwhelming. It is a really beautiful experience. And when a person, you know, is in spirit, it's the same as us. Their energy and their vibration that we can feel and see. And I'm very visual, so for me it's looking at everything. And oh, it's okay. such a special time, it really is. Wow. Yeah, thank you for sharing that in a little more detail. My other question was going back to that time when you started to kind of open up this channel of letting more in. Was it like what you just described at the supermarket where suddenly you had your library lady and then suddenly you could see as much as you wanted to see or would more people come in and try to talk to you? Or When I was younger, from when I was in the primary school years, it was just an odd one that I would see. My lovely teacher, Mr. Walsh, his mum used to pop every now and then to be in the classroom and observe and go but I didn't think anything of it but it wasn't a lot it wasn't constant when I became a teenager it all died down it all changed because I had different focus you know being Mm. a teenager it's all about friends and boys and back then going roller skating and listening to you know music on tv and and different things it was different did you miss it? Like, did you consciously shut it down or did that just kind of happen naturally? It just happened. Okay. Yeah. So when I was 15, I always had dreams of being a school teacher from day dot. I was going to be a school teacher, but I knew at 15 I had to leave home. Could not stay in that environment anymore. So I had to make the decision that I needed to go and get a job and do something. I remember it was a school holidays and... I just was walking through town and there was a hair salon there. Now, I'd never been to a hair salon for the fact that being brought up in an environment where there wasn't any money, you know, your mum cut your hair or you cut your hair yourself. But I was always fascinated, you know, with that. So I went in and said, oh, just want to know if there's any school holiday jobs going or anything like that. And he said, oh, there is actually. So I ended up going into work in the school holidays and... I was a wee salon assistant, you know, so sweeping up the hair and doing all those things. And at the end of that, he actually turned around and said, you know, do you want a hairdressing apprenticeship? And I was like, okay. So I took that. And, of course, when I took that, it meant I was only 15, 
So I had to leave school. Now, back then, you just can't just always leave school. So I had to get permission from school to leave. And, of course, the principal was like, well, no, you're not leaving school to be a hairdresser. This is what he said. You know, you're going to be a teacher. You need to stay at school for that. And I was like, well, I need to get a job. I need to leave. So in the end, he relented and signed the papers so I could leave school. And I moved out. Moved out and went flashing that I was 15 years and one month old. Where did you go? Did you afford a place? I had friends that were all older than me and they were all doing the apprenticeships or one was a panel beta and all, all different things. So I went flatting with five others. There were six of us in this little flat and of course had nothing. <laughs> but it was good. It was the right thing for me to do and just got into my working and I had done my hairdressing. But that is when things really started to ramp up spiritually because I was working around people and one of the things that attracted to me about being a hairdresser was you can make people feel good. You know, people could come in and they'll be all stressed or worried or feeling frumpy or tired and just by having their hair done, you could transform them and they just go out glowing and happy and vibrant. It was always the most wonderful thing. And so when I started doing my shampooing, you know, being the wee junior, you shampoo with the clients and you're touching someone, you're in their space and, you know, people talk and different things. You could feel the energy, you, what they were feeling like and they used to say, oh, you got magic hands and... That was just because, you know, lying down, relaxing, being shampooed, but you're actually putting energy into them. It was back in the days when I was hairdressing, because this was in the 80s, 1984, and people used to come and get their hair set regularly. And so you have these lovely ladies that would come in every week, their husbands would drop them off and, and they'd get their shampoo and they'd have their hair put in rollers and put under the dryer. And my job was to make them a cup of tea or coffee and take it over to them. And there was this dead woman and she used to always hold on to my hands and she'd say, oh, you've got healing hands, you make me feel so good. Mm. Now, one of my first experiences at the salon is I remember shampooing somebody and I called out and said to one of the ladies who had had her hair done, oh, your husband's here to come and pick you up. And the salon just stopped. I was just quiet. And they just looked at me and I said, he's at the door and waved to him. Oh. <laughs> and um, I didn't know that he'd died. You know, he had died. But obviously his spirit had done the same thing he used to do every, you know, Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, you know, come and pick her up. And it was like, oh, okay. Didn't think a lot about it, except the woman, and I can't recall her name, that used to talk about my healing hands. She overheard this. She saw it there, and she said, you need to come and see me. You need to come and talk to me. So I did on that Saturday. She gave me a dress. I had to walk. It was about an hour and a half to her house, went to her house, and she explained to me about the spirit world and what I was seeing and what I could do and opened it all up. I had no idea. Like what to do with it or what you could do with it? Like when you say you have had no idea, like tell me a little more about Tell me, she actually said to me, what you are saying is, you know, these are people that have died and you're seeing, you know, the energy and, you know, you can communicate with them, you can talk. So I remember telling her about my spirit friend. I remember telling her about, you know, even Maria, my grandmother and different things. And she explained to me and she said to me, you can ask them 
to show you what they want you to tell people and she taught me how to you know open up my ears you know my voice which is course developing my clears which I didn't understand at that stage but the most mm. important thing she said to me you can tell them to go away you can tell them that but she said it's nothing to be scared of now she told me to do a prayer because back then we didn't sort of talk about angels or session intense so you know do a prayer first and she said having that and then I decided myself with this I used to belong to something called double day book club and you could order books and I used to get sent to you because I still have my love of reading and in the brochure they had a pack of tarot cards and mm. I thought oh I'm going to order some tarot cards and they also had a pendulum and a box I ordered that so I was so excited I couldn't wait to get these tarot cards and these pendulum and you know back then you couldn't buy anything like that and especially in small town New Zealand even now it's few you have to know which shop to go to and I'm sure you can find things online I suppose but you know it's still kind of new to a lot of people I think now still while I'm interrupting you do you mind telling us what a pendulum is used for and how that works absolutely a pendulum is basically a vessel that you can use to amplify energy so you can use it for various things people obviously do use it for dowsing for finding water and different things like that I chose to use a pendulum to be a channel for energy to be able to give me information that I was seeking and predominantly when I first got my pendulum I done it to confirm who I was speaking to with the spirit world and whether it was a male or female that was around and that's what I used my pendulum for at 15. How do you determine the answers through a pendulum? Do you ask it yes and no questions or something else? A pendulum is a vessel, so you have to have set the intention of what the pendulum's for. So okay. I think in my current collection, I have about 40 different pendulums. Oh, wow. Some of them are healing pendulums, so they're programmed for when I'm doing my crystal healing. Some of them are for my clearing ones, and some other ones I have just because it is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> I want to use them to, um, to do the energy. Yeah. So you have the program. So you set the intent. Now, when you're first beginning and learning about doing pendulum work, you do need to establish what is yes, what is no, or if it doesn't move the way that you want, it's because you haven't asked your question clearly. But mm, Interesting. Yeah, but I use my pendulum to connect with the spirit world. That's why I had it. Okay, so that's what you were doing at 15 when you got your first tarot card set and your first pendulum. That sounds so fun. So I guess I'll call her a mentor for now since we don't remember her name. Was she helping you learn how to use these tools? With the pendulum that she did, not with the tarot cards. didn't do tarot cards, but she did do tea leaf reading. So even though I wasn't a tea drinker, that is where I learned to do my tea leaf reading with her because it's all about symbols and what you see and what you feel and open yourself up. Mm, interesting I only had about five sessions with her but I just got so much and it wasn't until years later that some of the things that she showed me or shared with me I fully understood what they meant wow so she sounds like she was at a very high level with her clears or how she communicated definitely so a couple questions came up when I was listening to this part of the story. And one, I'm curious, just, just to explain to the listener and for me to better understand, she helped you 
like tune your clears, like your how to hear and how to speak? And can you talk us through just kind of what exactly that means and, and how that might work? Uh, definitely. Well, the first thing that she did teach me, she said to me, how are you seeing them? Do you see them? Do you hear? Do you feel them? And of course, it's a combination of all of them, but I am very visual. So it was a visual that I was seeing. And that was what was the strongest. So she taught me things like how to soften my eyes, how to look beyond, all of those things that I ended up teaching in my workshops over the years with that. She kept things very simple. She was, I can't remember the nationality that she was, but she just had so much knowledge. She was just wonderful. But I stopped seeing her, I must have been around about 17 because I'd met a guy who did not like any of my spiritual work did not like any of this. It was from a very religious family that it was the devil's work. So I stopped seeing her. Oh. Yeah. And then I know that experience happened for a few years with this relationship, right? What got you back into it? How did you basically have your next transformation, as I understand it? I was in that relationship for seven years, and... A lot of things had started happening. Now, when you try and hold down your spiritual self for who you are, it keeps emerging up. Mm-hmm. I was being a hairdresser, when you're working with clients, you are looking in the mirror. And a lot of the things that I was seeing in the mirror was I could see who was coming in with people, you know, so I could see spiritual energy, and of course started seeing the auras, started seeing a lot of that, and it just got stronger and stronger. And from when I was about 24 the aura and the energies were getting a lot stronger than I was seeing around with people but of course I didn't share it with you know in the relationship but I shared it with the people that I was working with so all of the staff and everyone knew who I was you know could do tarot readings at work I'd ask pendulum questions I would talk about my spiritual stuff at my work with my hairdressing but not at home and it just got stronger and stronger Mm. When I made the decision that I was going to open myself up again, it's because the relationship ended. And then I actually had another car accident. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. And this one was life-transforming, like totally life-transforming. I'd broken up in the relationship. I had not seen my family that brought me up for many, many years, and I was living in a different city because I'd moved to a different city, and I knew that there was change coming up, and I even shared with some of my clients I was going to buy a red car. <laughs> mm. I don't know how, but it just you know, used to slip out. So I still remember this really, really clearly, and it was Mother's Day. I actually was helping a friend move from a violent relationship, and We'd gone over there because her husband was out and Mum's Refuge had come over as well and we were clearing everything we could out of the house to get her and her children to be taken to a safe house. So I was there just to give moral support to my friend. And as I was driving back, I was on a stretch of road, which was 100 k's in a turning lane. I was in a manual car. I was indicating there was double yellow lines, which meant no passing. And I was sitting there waiting to turn. And I could see this white car coming down the center of the lines. And I thought, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to overtake there. There was cars on both sides. 
And as it came down towards me, I could see the car, I could see the face. I had a really loud voice turn around and tell me to pull my legs up. Because I was in a manual driving car, you take your foot off the clutch, you stall the car. But I was stopped in here. So I managed to pull my legs up and I put my hands across my chest and I closed my eyes and the car hit. Now I got hit head on at 100 k's. Oh my gosh. He tried to veer off, and so it was actually the passenger side that got it, but it was enough to spin me, and I went into the other lane of traffic going the other way and got hit from behind and shunted up the other way. Now, I mean, I ended metres and ended metres behind me. There ended up being five cars that were involved. It was really serious, significant. But ironically, I was hit from a doctor. Now, there'd been a doctor's conference on that had been, and they were coming back, and there was five doctors, um, five carloads of people in that. So we actually had doctors on the scene. Oh, my now, gosh. They had to get me out of the car, obviously, because, you know, everything had, the motor had gone, and there was, you know, they wanted to go on fire. My seat had broken, so I got, you know, pulled out and having that, yeah, waiting for the ambulance. But that was the thing that really transformed and changed my life. I was injured. I hurt my neck. I hurt my back. They said it would be 18 months recovery. I said, what am I going to do, you know, managing this? I've <laughs> got this big salon, you know. And, but I had just started meditating. I had gone to these meditation development classes when I had separated from Tony and I just was getting in in with that and that is what transformed me. They had me drugged up so much. I couldn't even sit up. I had to get someone to help me sit up. I had to get someone to help me move and I was going to the physio. But I started meditating so I could do and I didn't have to take these drums from medication that clouded me and made me feel nauseous and made me feel sick. And I was back unbelievably so fast doing my hairdressing. It was only part-time when I first went back. But the doctors, they couldn't believe it. The physio couldn't believe it. And it was because of the meditation. Wow. Of just healing, of just channeling, of just being in tune and having that. It was amazing. That is amazing. Was there a certain style of meditation that you were doing? The meditation that she didn't have a name, like back then it was you went to meditation class or this transcendental um, meditation, but mm-hmm. she taught us to turn around and channel energy in to heal your body. So, you know, visualize the movement through your body and your bones and your blood and your skin and your cells and your tissue. But she was also teaching us all about auras and a little bit about chakras and, and all of those different things with that. Okay. It was just crazy. I really connected with spirit then. I source is what I call it. I really connected in with that and pulled in so much energies. It totally changed my life. Did it change your life because you healed so quickly and that was magnificent, like just so striking, right? Or was there more to that transformation that was happening inside of you because you were kind of in the middle of a transformation in your life as this happened again. Also very similar accident it sounds like, which is so interesting. Every page for pattern. Right. What changed my life is the really loud voice that turned around and told me to pull my legs up because if I had not, I would have lost my legs because the whole front of that car was gone. So my steering wheel was just gone. <laughs> which was unbelievable that I had that and it was a voice, it was a connection with spirit. And I should have died and I didn't. Okay, yeah. 
that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And again, leave my body, saw everything happen, saw it I wanted to heard conversations and I even when I was interviewed with the police because obviously they want to know what's happened and you know you've got everything because he was charged and those things I could tell them conversations that they had had with other people that I wasn't even near them because I was up and around seeing what's going on being yeah but that sent me on my quest I mean it I literally changed my life so I had started putting weight on being in an unhappy relationship everything down it just dropped off it just started changing because I turned around I thought I'm going to take control of my life I embraced who I was I was not afraid to say you know yes I see dead people I can see auras I can see energy I can tell you what's going to come up in the future and I just went for it and I said back then you know because I'm now 53 so you know back then you know when I was 26 it was big one of the first things I'd done was change my name so I always loved the name Jade, and I changed my name to Jade. I kept my name when I grew up was Tui. I kept Tui as my middle name because it's still got the essence and energy of who I am, but it's something completely different. So with the physical transformation, with removing the energy of my name by not wanting to be associated with my family, the relationship I had, I actually married that person, so I had their, had, had their last name, so I got rid of that. And with that, I was going to be who I am and embrace who I was, and I did. And wow. I did not worry what people thought or what they had. I was always very respectful. I would never push my views on anybody. It was a time where I actually really come into me. And it was back when people were just starting to open themselves up about that. That must have been hard. Even I hear so much conviction and beauty and energy in your experience and what seems like a rebirth into your truth and your authenticity. But was it still sort of difficult at times to be welcomed in this way? Incredibly difficult. Also what had happened, which is one of the most beautiful experiences that I had, is that I reconnected with my birth mum. Oh, did she show up because of the accident? Did you go seek her out? I seeked her out. To be honest, I used to talk about wanting to meet my birth mother from when I was about 10. Back then, you could not legally do that until you were 21, could oh. do a connection with it. So when I was in that relationship, I had reached out and I had made contact with her. And I met her and was this most fabulous person. She had been married. She wasn't with the person that was my natural father, but she got married a year later. They tried really hard to get me back. She'd give a child up for adoption, but back then you couldn't. When you gave up a child, that was it. Oh. So they had gone to lawyers and done everything they could. And because she went on to have her own beautiful family and had that, but she always used to think about me. And when I rang her, she said to me, I always knew you were going to contact me. You know, had gone to clairvoyance to find out about me, what was happening, what was going on. And that is where, you know, her energy being open to having that, and that's, you know, obviously has come through me. So I fully believe it is genetics can play a part, not always, but can play a part for being more open. That's so interesting too. But also what an amazing way to really lean in to your choices and yourself and the truth of who you are. And also through meeting your birth mom and having a connection like that when you didn't have that growing up at all, it must have been so powerful and meaningful. It was, but it was also a lonely time for the fact that 
I was living not in the same town, you know, we're hours away. You're doing this transformation. And, of course, when you're reinventing yourself and having that, people don't always like it. So, True. But, I yes. have, but those people, a lot of those dropped away. And because I was in Christchurch, there was a lot of different circles and things happening. So, of course, I started connecting with like-minded souls and met the most amazing people. And we were all on our journeys somewhat different. Each person had a different journey and... People were more drawn to healing or connecting with spirit or whatever modality they wanted. But it just opened up my eyes to so much. And I met so many beautiful people. And that allowed me to really develop who I was. We had a fabulous teacher. Her name was Sheila. And she used to have a group every week. And I used to go along to her classes. And I'd take a journal with me and I'd write everything down that she was talking about. So she may be talking us about ascension or it may be psychometry or tarot cards or angel cards. It was so many different things. And I just loved it. She was this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful soul. And I went there for years and years and years and years. And of course connected with lots of other psychics and healers and different things and it just blossomed it was this beautiful and you just felt you could be here and ask anything and in this circle this big beautiful group I used to go to you know sometimes there might be 40 people you know at a session you just learned so much and you were able to test your skills and you know really learn to read and connect in an environment that was safe and having that which gave you the confidence of course to go on and work with clients so what I used to do you know I did start reading for people way back when I was you know 16 17 and going to Sheila's groups really gave me that permission and that confidence and the knowledge to be able to do it in a way that come from the heart because that's what she really pushed you know it's nothing to do with ego or anything like that it's coming from the heart and sharing and helping and supporting and that's what it is she really changed my life wow it's so wonderful that you found a space that was that supportive and the community to go with that experience, because I think permission is extremely important to find ways to hear those moments. Sometimes we're given permission, but it doesn't land. You know, we don't quite hear it and we can't allow it to apply itself in our lives. And the way you talk about this space in this community, there's so much permission in being there and learning in this way. And we need those things to help give us permission to just be who we are, really. Yeah, that's so important. I have an interesting question. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I think some of us have big moments like you just described. You have a few, both car accidents and relationships and things like that. But for those of us that maybe don't have a moment that jolts us out of our existing choices, I'll say. Do you have any advice for someone to embrace themselves, to choose transformation, to choose to make a new choice without a big experience to kind of like force us into it, you know? Absolutely. It's funny that you said that because that is something that I have been working with people, my clients with. You don't want to be like me and wait till you need to have a a car accident or you know being an earthquake where your health falls down which is another story which I won't go on about oh my when you start feeling those things and you get that little itch inside and you think I'm ready to explore this I'm ready to do this the thing that I do myself now is I think okay now what is the worst thing that's going to happen and if you can get your head around okay if this doesn't pan out I can always go back to this, or I can always try this. I can always have that. 
and you feel like you've given yourself an A or a B or a C, D option, at the worst case scenario, you find it can often remove the fear about what if. Because often when we're about to embark on a new journey of transformation, we think, what if it doesn't work? And have I got the strength? And have I got that? And it's like, stop, 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 back down. I know a lot of people say you need to keep clear on your intention, but you don't. <laughs> when you're transforming, you just know you want to shift from where it is now. And we're not always sure if it's just one element of our life or all of our elements or where it's going, what it has. But it's trusting and having that. And this is where it comes to trusting yourself, to you know, developing your intuition, to having your connection with your source, what you feel comfortable with. And just having that little bit of fear and think, well, do I want to just stay how it is? Or maybe if I just take that one little step or explore those options, I can see how it goes. So if you can give yourself permission just to try one little tiny thing to bring in a little bit of transformation and it can be something so small about thinking, okay, today's the start of my new life. What am I going to do different? Now, obviously we can't go out and change your career or restudy or leave your partner, you know, all within an hour. But what you can do is set the intention, my life's going to be different from today and you can make it different. So those little things like, you know, you're going to get up half an hour earlier and when you do get up, you're going to change your routine. If you usually get up, feed the cat, you know, happy shower, happy coffee, do that thing. No, I'm going to go and stand outside and breathe in that beautiful air just for two minutes and be grateful for, you know, who I am or set my intent, what I want to have and change everything. Go into every room of your house and move a few things around. Sit in a different chair that you usually do when you have your coffee. Make your bedroom look different. Change your duvet. Have that so that when you walk in, you get this little energy boost of thinking, oh, it looks different. Even though you haven't done a lot, it's enough to feel like you've had control of something in your life. And it gives you courage. And it gets you excited. And you think, oh, things are different. And then you think, oh, maybe I'll just look at finding out about a rolling to be a nurse. Or maybe I'll just start considering, do I need to be in this relationship? And, you know, I could do it by myself. But having control of something really small is enough. And it starts. I love that answer. That's so beautiful. And it's so true. The small things really exercise how we experience change and it starts the process. I think when we start the process in these beautiful, small ways, the shifts can start to happen. It's a small shift. And from there, you start to consider what the next shift might be. The what if stop being, what if I fail? And they start being, what if I get everything I want? You know, it's such a difference. And I love that way of trying it out. I try to do that for myself when I'm stuck in a little energy rut and do actually exactly what you said. I'll go outside and try to connect with something that feels good, like a tree outside and breathe the air before I go sit down or make coffee or feed the cats. Exactly. It's kind of funny that you use that as an example, but it's those small things that really shift the way we enter our day. And suddenly we're approaching a few other things in our day differently, right? Like it starts to already play out. But what it also does is it makes you think, oh, okay, that's fine. So maybe I can launch this business so I can bring that in. And you start planning. And when you start planning and actioning, you know, everything changes. Your vibration increases because you get excited and energy comes up. Then you can start Oh, you're really visualizing that and having all those other parts that come with it. And then you can actually get yourself in the mindset where if you want change, it's just a matter of not just setting the intent, visualizing, feeling, knowing, having, and that can move really fast. And the more you do it in your life, the, the more it gets. So like for myself, I have been a hairdresser. I've been a primary school teacher. 
done funeral directing. I did my weddings and funeral celebrations as well. I've worked full-time in this, doing my spiritual work since the earthquakes, which was in, in 2011. You know, and I've done some of it when I was a single mum. You know, I've been in different relationships and I've learned different things and, and grown from it. But people used to say to me, oh, you can't go and study and kind of do your teaching. You can't do that. You know, you're a single mum. How are you going to do that? Well, I just work really hard and I've done hairdressing at night to bring it in and bring in some money and even that. Of course you can. So it's the more confidence you have in yourself, you can just do that and you turn that little voice off in your head and turn the voices of everybody else. And the more you do it, you can actually get to the stage like where I am now. I think, well, I want to do this and I just do it. And it just <laughs> happens and it just flows. Sometimes, you know, if when it doesn't, you're going to turn and think, hold on, why isn't this moved as fast? And it's like, right, no, I'm, I've got this core cool belief that I think I have to work really hard for my money. It's like, change that, change that core cool belief and go in and a whole different avenue. But it's beautiful. But our life, we're here on this earth plane to feel love, to feel like we've got a voice that we've been heard and to connect with people and do our thing. And whether that is you are a magnificent gardener and you can graft plants that from seed, grow plants, give them to people so they have their food, or whether you're a, the most amazing violinist that people can listen and get carried away with your music, or you're a brain surgeon or a nail technician or a Reiki master, whatever it is that you've chosen that you have to do, it is always to make a difference. It is always to have your purpose, make you feel good with. And once we can harness that and understand who we are at that time, because obviously it changes as we go through, and feel comfortable in that and remove all the if, buts and what's, life just gets so much simpler and so much better and so much more freer. And there's nothing nicer than being who you are, feeling proud and looking in the mirror and thinking, well, I'm a really good person, you know. My belief is do everything from the heart, you know, do it with the right intent. And my biggest thing is honesty, be real and be honest and true to yourself and true to other people. And that's something that we all struggle with. We all struggle, oh, am I too old for this? Or I can't do this or imposter syndrome and all sorts of other things. But we're just here. We just want, all of us want to be huge, want to be loved. And whether it's from another human or a cat or a rabbit or, or whatever it is. And if we can just all live our lives and have that feeling, when we die, when we pass over, we'll look back and just think, oh my gosh, you'll feel proud, you'll feel good of who you are. No one wants to have regrets. Mm. Yeah, I'm just letting that settle because it felt like a channeling almost. It was such a beautiful message and, and true. It's just, it sounds simple and it is in, in essence. And I think we like to complicate the experience sometimes of what we're trying to do while we're here in this life. It really is that. We want to be loved. We want to be heard. And we want to help in some way. We want to contribute. We want to connect and grow. I think growth is a big part of it, too. We want to be here and and grow, which is healing Uh, to me. I think that's synonymous. Yeah, that's such a lovely message. So before we close, I thought it would be fun if you talk to us a little bit about how auras work, because I promised I would talk about this in my intro. (laughs) If you don't mind, I'm switching gears a little bit and telling us about that modality and maybe letting me know what you see if you can. And I think you can through the virtual setting. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I love auras for the fact that, you know, basically your aura is just the energy field that you have around you. And 
you can hear that just no sense of feel or, or see it and I have always been able to see it and you know working on my clients looking in the mirror which is always mirrors are fabulous for scrying of course to be able to see energy that is where you can have that now aura is our energy field that we have around us and ideally would have a big magnificent aura that's you know oh nice and firm and strong within the aura we have seven different layers but I won't go into all the details of there but it's a reflection of our physical our mental our emotional our spiritual levels that are on there so when we're talking about auras your aura can change and vibrate so differently just even within an hour so if you've ever gone to a party or into a mall or somewhere and all of a sudden it's like oh I just need to get out of here and you often will find you know it's because of the energy around you influencing your aura it's, it's in there squishing it or, or attacking it or, or making it feel cracked or broken around with the energy so that is our aura that is in there you can feel your aura and one of the easiest ways to do it is just you know just with your hands is asking the same spirit show me more auras and you can move your hands in and out think oh it's out here now a lot of people will have just a small aura a couple of inches away from their body and you get some people that the aura will fill a whole room you know and will just stretch out meters and meters and meters it's beautiful we have different colors and the colors we associate to moons or feelings or what is happening but there's more to auras than just that like for example we can have red an aura and that could be representative of passion love or it could be anger and it depends on the shade of red you know what is is it more of a orangey red that's more of a danger of, of a warning or is it a muddy one that's got you know wounds from years ago and your aura just isn't reflective of how you're feeling or what but it's reflective of what's happening in your body so it will change around you so the energy that you may have around your heart of how, how you're feeling you know what you're sensing or you may have different energy around your elbow because you hurt your elbow you know a week ago and it's still healing so it'll have a different kind of vibration but basically your aura is just a quick overview of how you are as a spiritual being at the moment and i love it you can get all the photos taken i had my first one done i think i was about 20 and it was just fascinating mine was different from everybody else's of course (laughs) and i still got it somewhere actually but that really gave me the i suppose permission to start tuning in and looking at people's auras and the energy that's having there so turning around with you the predominant colors that i can feel with your energy are blues and browns and pinks now but different parts around your body for example looking at your energy on your right side is a lot bigger than the left side so you're not actually fully balanced here so when we talk about the right side it's often related to things masculine and what i mean by that is is that i know for myself when i'm connecting with spirit masculine energy will come through on the right side and so i hear the voice and it's like oh no it's a male i hear the left so when i'm doing an aura reading and looking at someone i do consider that even so your masculine side is stronger and more pumped up which means that you've had to be a little bit more what's the word forceful (laughs) more 
taking the lead, having those things that you're giving to base, so that's pumped up even more, and the feminine's down now. We're never perfectly balanced. It's going to change because we're working and what we've eaten and what we've drunk and all of those things like that in there. So for the blues that you've got, you've got quite a pale blue, but you've got pops of purple on it. And so when we have that with the pale blue, that is you actually looking at your intuitive side of yourself. You're, you know, getting really quite connected. You're listening to what you're feeling, what you're seeing, and you're opening yourself up, which obviously with your fantastic podcast that you do you're exposed to a lot which is you know you're learning and growing but you do have a lot of the blues the very pale blue and pops of purple which is the intuitive part but there's a lot of brown around your head now brown you know isn't on muddy confused thoughts or anything like that it's like you're mentally organizing and trying to put things in place and growth and all of those things that are out there and it's filling your head at the moment so you'll probably find your brain your thoughts of fall about I need to do this how can I bring this in or I want to do this I want to explore that having that and you're putting it all together and organizing everything you've also got quite lots of pops of yellow and yellow are intelligent so you know you have a lot of knowledge a lot of knowledge from what you've learned so far but you also are able to just obtain just know things <laughs> with that and that is working at the moment so you're like that hard working apprentice learning growing having that but it's flowing really well for you so that's a lot in the headspace because it's feeling like that up in the headspace you may be finding it hard at the moment to meditate or to use a lot of that creativity and that's stuff uh, you usually do because you've got so much going on up here yeah around your heart and around your shoulders i've got some really really soft pinks and when we turn around and have that it's just a quieter one coming in within that so you'll be feeling a little bit at the moment like just have, need some time just to recharge up have some nurturing have some love that's coming in there but we do have artistic and creative energy that's around there so I don't know if you've considered thinking, what's something I can do just to get myself into a meditative state and zone out? And it could be something simple like, oh, I'm going to start painting a mandala on a stone or <laughs> creating this or, or having that. And you've also got a little bit of muddy gold in there. So when I say muddy, it's not because it's not clear. It's just how I see it. I don't see it as bright. And that is your spirituality one that's just pumping up. So you're very sensitive at the moment. So... Just be mindful when you're out and about with that because you will be picking up other people's energies if they're feeling frustrated or annoyed for whatever reason, you will feel that. So I strongly suggest that when you go out, you give yourself a bit of a, I call it an aura cleanse. And that's literally where you're brushing energy off yourself. But what you're doing is that you're giving permission to seal yourself up. But yeah, that's it, colours that I really feel with you connecting them with that does that make sense it does it all makes sense that's so cool i've never experienced that before so thank you for doing that for sharing that with all of us and i have a little bit of i think it's called synesthesia so colors really resonate with me in communication so it's making me want to maybe look more into how auras work and just it just makes a little more sense to me than some other things because i see a lot of things in color in like color categories but yeah the muddiness and the browns definitely (laughs) for sure and yeah I do feel a bit sensitive at the moment in my energy and also does that mean I'm more receptive to connection too because I do feel that lately I see you as this 
you are such a big, beautiful, vibrant energy, and you're just expanding and growing. And of course, when our energy levels grow, it takes a little bit for our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects to all line up, and that will affect your aura. So your aura isn't cracked, it has got a nice firm seal on it, but it's just a little seal. We need that seal nice and thick, so you're not going to be feeling so much energy from anyone else. But the aura isn't just a colour for how it is. Like when you're doing an aura reading, you know, it's all related to, of course, in your chakras and the level where it is and how it is in the physical and it's a lot more um, deeper. But you're like a little spiritual hot pot at the moment and, you know, open yourself up and if you're having visions or messages or just even feeling the energy of colour, you know, write it down, um, do that. And how it works when it comes to the colour of the energy, it's what it means to you. So, you know, why not get a journal and start thinking, okay, red, and think about the state of spirit. Show me a beautiful passion red, and you'll get the image, you'll get the feeling in your mind. You think, oh, that's what it is. You know, you've got passion red, and you think, show me a different red, and it might be, that one's really muddy. That's a deep wound. It's like an old, old bloody wound. And you think, now I know what that is. And once you set your intent, and you've worked out the colours, what they mean to you with your energy, you can easily, yourself, when you're having a shower, let all the water run over you, you're standing there, you're open, just in your mind's eye say, show me my aura today, and you will see it in your mind's eye where you are. Or even when you're washing, you'll think, oh, blue there, brown there, pink there, but yellow there. The more you practice, the more you do this by sensing, knowing, or physically seeing, you'll be understanding of the colours that you will actually be get to the stage where you look at people and think, oh, oh my gosh, that mustard yellow, oh, I'm going to go give them some healing today. Or, you know, they're feeling like there was a lot of black around them because often when people have a black edge, they're going through so much trauma, they need so much healing. And you'll think, oh, send them off colour, send them off some green healing energy. Oh, wow. That totally resonates with me. Um, Yeah. Thank you for that. Thanks for explaining it that way and making it so accessible. I think everyone can kind of play with that idea and something I learned through my meditative journeys as well and working with Reiki and I also found a meditation place at an interesting part of my life that really changed things for me too it's really playing with your imagination and trusting that that is more than just silly thoughts that we have sometimes you know that that's actually a key to so many doorways that are enriching that could enrich our lives that can do things like what you do for a living now and also what you just shared with me and because I'm a creative person hearing people talk about the imagination in that way helped me validate myself in a way that I hadn't before and there's a lot of worth when we can choose to include that as part of our power as people I think absolutely you are so right but everything in the world, everything in our day is intention. So yeah, we can say open our imagination, having that. But if we set the intention, I'm going to open imagination with the intent to learn or the intent to receive knowledge or the intent to heal, it just changes a little bit more because you've put a purpose with it. And then you find you'll be guided, spirit will just guide you with like, oh, I have that or I consider that and have that. And permission is a big thing and I think in our world at the moment we hear that so much we're getting all these rules on us like we have to have this pass or we have to identify as this or we have to have that we can get almost like oh who am I what am I supposed to be what am I supposed to be doing what am I supposed to be thinking and it's like just get yourself permission just just to open your mind and see what up and it's such a nice freeing feeling it really is it really is it's uh, permission equals freedom right 
And then so much possibility comes from that. Thank you for that. So tell us a little bit about what you're creating and how we can connect with you. Because I mentioned again at the beginning that you're working on something called the Soulful Intuition Academy, which you're hoping to begin this year. So maybe tell us a little bit about that and then how we can find you. Well, for many, many years, I have been doing sessions or readings with people across the globe. But what I have learned is that I am just one person and there's like so many hours in the day. And over the years, I've learned so much. I Every year, I like to think, what am I going to explore this year? What am I going to learn? What am I going to do? So I've got so much information in there. And I can't just always have one-to-one sessions. So I've decided that I'm in the process of creating an online platform and I've called it so Intuition Academy, where you are going to be able to access just online courses, but it's where we're going to have our monthly circles, little mini workshops, and lots of different things that can help you as a person. So whether you choose you want to explore more about shadow work, or you want to develop your intuition, or just healing, or to have a development circle, all of those things that I have always taught. Since 2010, I started running workshops across the South Island and New Zealand. But with COVID restrictions, we're just not able to do that the same. And it's the same with my development circles. It's not the same. So why not have an online platform? So I have a Facebook and Instagram, and it's Jade Whaley. And it's whale with a Y. I know it's the funny last day. And it's got NZ after it. Because there's a few Jade Whaley's around. I think one is a, apparently quite amazing dancer in the States somewhere. But yeah, Jade <laughs> Whaley NZ. And you can go online. You have my sessions. And it will be June, which isn't far away, that I will start opening up and having these different portals for people to be able to learn and grow. I want people to be able to have access and have support and have the knowledge for if they want transformation if they want growth if they need to have healing and anything I can do to assist that why not I love it I love people I love people and their stories and the thing that makes my heart sing is people feeling empowered and whether it's with knowledge or understanding of who they are and where they want to go and be able to do this is just wonderful and this is just another platform that I can share with everybody I'm so excited to see how that continues to unfold. I know you're working on it hard. You're quite active on social media, so definitely people should find you there, especially Instagram, TikTok as well, right? Yeah, just standing on, on TikTok, and it's so much fun. I just try this different platform, and, you know, again, it's like, oh, something new. I can do this. I can have that. Now, I'm not a 20 20 something doing funny dances or crazy dances but you know I can pass on the spirit message or have a tarot pull a tarot card and I just know spirit's going to direct that person to their reading for what they need to have for the day exactly again so much trust in that process that if there's one takeaway I think it's trust and permission and what if what if you can (laughs) absolutely absolutely and embracing transformation maybe would be the other one I'd add yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to thank you so much for allowing me to share a little bit of my story. As you can tell, I'm a talker. Always have been. It was always on my report cards as a child at school. Yeah, talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I really thank you. And I just want to say to you, you do the most amazing work. 
for what you do, I see my energy is very similar to yours in the fact that you've created this beautiful platform where you've had the most amazing people come and share their journeys and give their insight and their knowledge. And we can all listen and learn and, and grow with that. And it's, you know, thank you. you know, I have to thank you for, you know, taking the time and allowing us all to be able to share of that little bit of pace and just you know, for you to having confidence and all of us as well to, that, you know, we can bring a new perspective to people around and it's you that's allowed that platform. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you, Jade. That definitely hit me in the heart and I was able to receive that message. So thank you so much for sharing it that way and saying it here. And I can't thank you enough for being as open and sharing your beautiful energy with me throughout this experience. I could do this all day, but I won't. So (laughs) I'll just say thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process, and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative Community. Just follow the link in the show notes, and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating!